When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to episode four of the First Down Snapcast, the NFL with a Yorkshire accent. Uh, my name's Ian, I'm a Seahawks fan, and today I'm joined by my regular co-presenters, Alex, who's a Giants fan, and he helps me produce this podcast. Hello, Alex. Hello. Uh, we've got Stuart, who's a Vikings fan. He's also an admin on our board. Uh, Stuart, where can, we, uh, where can you find us? Uh, we're at um, NFL Yorkshire on, on Facebook, and you can follow us by the same handle on, on Twitter as well. Um, obviously, we've got the First Down Snapcast um, podcast on Twitter as well, if you guys want to follow us. And finally, this week, uh, of the main of the main presenters, we've got the boss himself, Rich, who's a Pats fan. How are you doing, Rich? Uh, not too bad, Ian. Thank you. And our resident expert, Coach Steve's not with us tonight because he's too busy preparing for the start of the university seasons. Now, last week we chatted to the guys from the Around the Fantasy Pond podcast, and um, Alex was telling me that they couldn't believe we hadn't discussed fantasy football yet. So we thought we'd ramp it up this week, and um, I'm really, really delighted to welcome to the show today an Emmy-winning, award-winning news and sports journalist, uh, and fantasy football expert James Kerr. How are you doing, James? I'm doing great. I feel completely out of place without this uh, northern English accent, though. <laughs> yeah, you're liking it. You like our Yorkshire twang. That, that... <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to be part of the program. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, obviously, if people want to follow your shout-out straight away, you're on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah, you could do Twitter, you could do Facebook, uh, you could do Instagram. All the handles are exactly the same, as you mentioned. It's at James D. Co. K-O-H. And um, I I don't know, man, I I try to be pretty active. um, And I really do try my best to answer all the questions that the fans have. So uh, it might not necessarily be in like a minute or five minutes, but maybe hours from now when... Uh, quite frankly, when I'm on the can and uh, I've got a couple extra minutes, uh, I'm trying to bang out some questions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, we all do it, but we never say it. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. But hey, listen, man, honesty is the key here. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Love That's it. it. No, when, when my missus says you can't do back say, well, James says it's fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, but you know what? I tell you what, man, I'm not one of those guys that's uh, that's at the stand-up urinal looking at my phone because I'm, I'm just like, hey, listen, the reason we have urinals is to take care of business, to get in and get out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't understand the, the people who are lingering there with their phones i'm like guys get off the phone for five seconds yeah and there's the risk of dropping it as well which is just a disaster there's also that there is also that he's taken his exactly five minutes to get on the toilet so i like it <laughs> <laughs> it's a rousing start to this podcast i, I do appreciate it <laughs> okay james obviously uh, you're kind of renowned aren't you for being a bit of an expert in fantasy football um do you want to just talk a little bit about um sort of how you got into that and the, and obviously some of the work you've done previously yeah so you know it's kind of been a wild and rack, wacky ride uh to get to where i'm at um i was most previously most recently rather with uh nfl network my my tenure there ended after a good four and a half year run i, I feel blessed to have worked there um but you know that was my most recent gig, but man, I, my time ending there, it really brought back a lot of memories in terms of, you know, the crazy journey, uh, that I've had. So I, I started my media career working in these small town, uh, radio stations. Uh, I mean, I'm talking small. I mean, these are towns that with like 5,000 people total, you know what I mean? Um, I did that for a couple of years. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I was my first television gig was actually not even on television. It wasn't on camera. I was a part-time videographer of high school football, and somehow, some way, I, I turned that gig into another gig into another gig. And uh, what is it? Uh, six years later, uh, I'm over at NFL Network. So, um, yeah, man, it's been a great journey, um, but it's it's taken you know it's interesting man we live in an era now where people just get it instant you know gratification is is the thing you know what i mean so these millennials running around <laughs> finding success so quickly man um but for me and i'm you know i'm in my late 30s but man for me six years going from again part photographer high school sports to nfl network that was to me uh, incredibly fast and meteoric rise, but um, but yeah, it's funny. You know, I talk to to younger people now, and they're like, "Wow, man, that took you a long time." I'm like, "What? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was fast as hell for me, man!" Like, I know what, it doesn't seem like it to uh, twenty year olds now, but Jesus Christ, it, it felt quick to me. So, um, yeah, you can be safe in the knowledge that we're all old as well. <laughs> that's good man yeah but, yeah, but sadly un, un, unlike you we've we've all got faces for radio that's how i started my career man so i don't uh i don't begrudge that man and i don't think yeah. I'm, a, I'm not a particularly good looking dude either man i'm just out here uh, <laughs> taking care of business yeah no no station's gonna put these five faces on tv <laughs> very good very good <laughs> But yeah, man, it's been it's been fun. You know, I started my I actually started my career in news. I did news for uh, a good, you know, six years. And we're talking I'm talking, you know, crime stories, weather stories, you know, it's uh, political stories. So I, I covered the whole gamut. And um, and, you know, as you guys are so gracious to mention at the top, it, I did win a, a, quite a few awards uh, with my work in hard news. And when I transitioned to sports, I kind of 
um, brought that mentality with me and it kind of, you know, look, I, I have a lot of fun. And if you guys have seen me on camera at all, I do have quite a bit of fun. But that being said, I feel like I'm able to parse through information in, in a pretty quick and, um, you know, efficient manner and relay that info uh, to the viewers and listeners as well. So that's kind of the mentality I bring uh, to the table in terms of sports journalism. Yeah, that's cool. I've, I've seen some of your work, uh, James, and yeah, some of it. It's quite funny and uh, a bit a bit off the wall, which is great. Um, you say, obviously, you did news and stuff early in your career. Did you always want to get into sport, and in particular the NFL? Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, my whole passion has been sports my entire career. So, um, you know, football, basketball, baseball, and more recently I'm, I'm a big boxing and, and MMA fan. I, I remember wanting to be a sports broadcaster back when I was – you know, 14 years old. So um, the news for me, doing hard news, is it was also extremely gratifying, you know, helping people um, and, and having a, a very real impact on people's lives uh, was quite satisfying. Um, but I always viewed hard news as kind of just an avenue to move up uh, and move up markets very quickly. Here, here stateside, man, it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not 100% sure how it works overseas, but stateside, you know, you got to pay your dues um, and you work small towns and then you work, you know, middle sized towns and then you get to a large market. And then that's kind of where you see your pay um, increase exponentially. So um, that was always the old school path. And that's kind of the path that I followed. And I was extremely fortunate um, and lucky enough to, to land where I landed. Just um, just sticking on your career just for for a little bit longer, if that's okay, James. Um, so yeah. how did you how did you transition then into the fan, becoming the fantasy football guy? How did you get how did you get that gig and and you know was that a planned thing? It wasn't a planned thing. Um, you know, I've been playing fantasy football now for twenty years. You know, I was uh, you know in my late teens when I started playing fantasy football, and and you know obviously a lot has changed over the last two decades. But um, I've just been so passionate about it, too. It's just it's not just one of those things where it was a passing, you know, fancy. It was it was it was a thing where I it consumed me, man. Like I loved fantasy football. So you say, oh, well, you know, um, uh, how did you, you know, fall into it at NFL Network? Well, the guy who hired me actually um, only saw me. as a favor to my agent and my agent, he had gone back quite a few years and I was pressing my agent. Hey man, like, you know, get me in the door, just get me a lunch meeting with this guy. And, um, and so my agent was able to kind of broker that meeting. And the guy, the first thing this guy says to me is, Hey, listen, I just want you to know it's not, not a job interview. We don't have any job openings. Just FYI. I'm like, Hey, that's all good. Well, it's funny, man. Like, you know, we get to talking and we start talking about journal. We start talking about sports and then it's all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know, I'm starting talking about fantasy football. Well, he starts asking me all these other things now. An hour later, he's like, all right, what's your availability? I want you to meet with some, you know, uh, some other senior managers. And and I looked at him. I said, I thought this wasn't a job interview. (laughs) And uh, and he laughs and he's like, look, man, look, I'm very very impressed. Uh, I, I really like your vibe. 
Um, and obviously, you know your stuff. So um, let's just see what we can do. So that's kind of how it worked, you know. And uh, and again, it was very unexpected um, going from a meeting where this guy was just literally saying, it's not a job interview. It's not a job interview to, you know, a few months later, um, you know, being part of the fantasy football program at NFL Network. So, James, when you were working for the NFL Network doing your fantasy show, did you get a chance to meet some of the players? And if so, who were some of the nicer players that you got to meet? Oh, yeah, I met a lot of players, man. And, um, and you know, quite honestly, you know, I've been in I've been in the business long enough where very few people are going to – I don't want to – I just don't get starstruck by guys now, you know, because once you start getting – talking to them, you realize, like, these guys are guys with kids, mortgages, car payments, and – they're just trying to get by in life too, you know what I mean? So they're not they're not these icons or or you know demigods uh, as they're sometimes made out to be, um, and they're humans, you know what I mean? I, I think once I I kind of got over that part of it, then a lot of things changed for me. But anyways, yeah, at the NFL at the NFL Network, uh, met quite a few really really nice guys. Let me just say, man, Ladanian Tomlinson, who. I, I, I just got done saying I don't get starstruck, but <laughs> literally, Ladani, I was like, LaDainian Tomlinson, holy hell. Um, yeah, so, no, but LaDainian Tomlinson was a guy. Um, he was my he was one of my favorite players, man. One of my absolute favorite players. I loved what he did on the field. I loved what he did off the field. Um, and quite frankly, when I was able to finally, you know, he's a, he was a colleague of mine. He worked at, at the network, too. But um, just the nicest guy. I mean, I'll give you a story, man. You know, we're, we're, we, have a, we have a locker room at NFL Network. This is where, you know, all the, all the gents, uh, you know, we literally have lockers. So our clothes are hung up there and we, we all change in the same area, whatever it is. And, um, and he's in there. And I, I forgot who he's talking to, but he's talking to a couple other players. He had his, I think he had his manager or something in there, too. Um, it's just a group of three guys in there and they're just chatting They're You know, they're, they're talking some noise, blah, blah, blah. I walk in, I'm getting ready for my show. Um, and you know, we had said, you know, you know, stuff to each other and the, you know, just passing and, and everything. So he knew who I was and, and I knew who he was obviously. Um, but yeah, you know, after, after a minute or so, you know, he stops the conversation that he's having with his guys and he specifically says, Hey, James, you know, it's great to see you, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he, and he goes out of his way to break the ice, you know what I'm saying? Because, and not that I'm going to interject myself or not that I felt uncomfortable uh, in that environment. I mean, it's just, you know, a couple guys talking, blah, 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 blah. And I, I certainly wasn't going to interject myself into that conversation. But LaDamian went out of his way to make sure um, – to recognize me and to kind of, you know, again, break the ice, as I say, and just say, hey, listen, hey, hello, I see you, I recognize you, um, you know, how's everything going? So it was cool, man. Like, that was a very human, you know, response and a very empathetic response for him. And um, it was one of those things where, you know, you could just tell this is literally one of the nicest dudes. And I can't say enough th nice things about uh, Ladanian and my interactions with him. Yeah, he's always come across as a model pro. Yeah, no doubt about it. His the way he's handled the media uh, throughout his career has always been top notch. Um, the way he's you know interacted with his teammates has always been, um, you know, premier and pristine as well. And 
And again, it's not that he's not a competitive dude, man. Like, you know what I mean? On the field, I mean, this guy was an absolute murderer. You know what I mean? So it's not that. But it's just he has such an ability to understand where he is and, you know, the situation. You know, not running around in real life is not a playing field, man. You know what I'm saying? And some of these guys really lose track of that. Um, you know, and I won't name names, but there are certainly guys that, that I've met, um, whether it's NFL or MMA or baseball or basketball, where, you know, they treat you like, like, you know, it's like they're, I don't know, like they're still, you know, being cheered for on the court or on the field. It's like, you know, it's just, I don't know, some, some athletes wear it well, and it really has nothing to do with how big of a star you are, honestly. Some of the, some of the most douchiest athletes I've ever met, I'm like, bro, I know you because I'm a sports fan, but I guarantee you walk, like, if, if you and I walk out these doors right now, there's going to be just as many people who recognize me <laughs> that recognize you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's the crazy thing, so... Anyways, but yeah, but LT was was truly one of the best. And uh, not naming any names, of course, uh, did you come across anyone who worked in that industry who who was a former player who perhaps wasn't so nice, wasn't such a a good person? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. You know what I mean? So I I don't know. It's it's hard to say. You know what I'm saying? Like um, there are guys that are just so magnetic. Um, It and the camera just loves them. You know, and and I can't. And it's. it, it, there's a magical, there's like some kind of magical formula going on there that you can't really, it's, it's not science, you know, it's more art. So, um, I don't know. Uh, so yes and no, there are certainly guys who have pursued media careers that were complete a-holes, uh, and did very long. Uh, and then there are guys that, you know, are maybe a-holes, but, uh, they're so good on camera that what are you going to do? But you, you got to put them on, you know? So it's one of those things. So we were reviewing the top 200 list, what you did back in May, James. And yeah. obviously it's published a long time before like the off-season stuff starts. So obviously back then you had Le'Veon Bell at number one before pretty much everyone knew there was going to be a protracted contract situation again. Would you still have him as your number one fantasy player for the upcoming season, even though he's not I training do. 100%? Yeah, I do. And I don't really care about that. I mean, he hasn't, you know, he's missed training camp, you know, for, for large portions of, of his young career. So uh, I'm not really worried about it. This is a guy that if he can stay healthy. And again, I, I don't think that there's any correlation. I really don't between, you know, you know, being in training camp and then getting injured uh, during the regular season. It's just to me, there's too many outliers. So I, I don't really care. Um, I view his injury risk like I would any other normal running back that gets a heavy workload. Um, and this is a guy that is a special playmaker uh, in the NFL. So, yes, I still currently have him as number one overall. And, again, most of that is because, you know, I, I do it based off of PPR rankings. In standard, I think a, a really great case could be made for Ezekiel Elliott. But in PPR – I mean, Lev is Lev is a guy that could legitimately get you, you know, 80 catches, 90 catches. That's a game changer in PPR. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I still have him there. I think I think you could also make a really strong case 
that David Johnson could be, you know, a number one overall pick too. Todd Gurley is certainly in the mix. So uh, those four guys, whether we're talking Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, uh, and Zeke Elliott, I think those are those are four, uh, you know, guys that are in my top four. The reason I don't have DJ in my top three right now is because the Arizona offense to me projects to be pretty bad. The offensive line is a mess. The quarterback situation is better than it has been, but certainly you can't rely on Sam Bradford to stay healthy and Josh Rosen's a rookie. So, um, and then on the outsides, I don't really see a lot of team speed. You know, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of explosive playmakers outside of David Johnson, Christian Kirk, a rookie wide receiver. Um, I think he'll be fine, but he's a, a speed slot guy. Have to figure out a way to get him involved. So Larry Fitzgerald, I love him. I absolutely love him, but he's not explosive. You know what I'm saying? He's a chain mover at this point. So they don't really have a lot of athletes uh, on the outside other than David Johnson. So I, I got my concerns uh, with the Arizona offense. Just looking at another another position um, that it seems like there's a couple, usually the same sort of two or three players. Um, as sort of one, two, and three, maybe, in terms of tight ends for this year. Um, are there any sort of deep sleepers as far as tight ends that you like that you like the look of that are maybe going under the radar at the moment? Yeah, I think I think Jared Cook in Oakland um, is certainly somebody that I can get on board with. You know, um, a good athlete, obviously, you know, not consistent in terms of effort. Um, I don't think he's very consistent in terms of playmaking. Um, I don't know. For whatever reason, he's just not – it just doesn't seem like he's mentally engaged at all times. Uh, so certainly there will be some inconsistencies there. But um, I think John Gruden has shown <clears throat> a proclivity to kind of play it tight to the vest. And I think we're going to see a lot of run game. And I think we'll see you know, Jared Cook be utilized, especially in the red zone. Um Look, Michael Crabtree's gone, you know, and not necessarily that uh, that opens up a, a bunch of targets because, you know, Jer- uh, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Jordy Nelson. I was about to call him Jared Nelson, which made no sense. <laughs> Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Jordy and Jared. That's that's where I'm getting confused. Anyways, Jordy <laughs> Nelson certainly will absorb uh, quite a few of those targets. But I do think they'll I, I think they'll sprinkle in a little bit more Jared Cook. Uh, he's easily, easily the best athlete that they've had at that position uh, over the last few years. So, yeah, I think Jared Cook certainly could be walking into a pretty good workload. And quite honestly, man, when you're outside of the top two or three guys at the tight end position, you're really just chasing workload. I mean, really, it, it, forget about talent, forget about athleticism and all those things. I, I really – the only thing I care about – is target share. And and to me in Oakland, other than Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson, and again, Jordy Nelson's not even, I think he's a good player and I think he's a good value. Um, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to, you know, soak in 150 targets. You know what I'm saying? I think he, I think we're talking about a guy that looks at about hundred targets probably next year, but in an offense that will, the defense is still a mess and you know, they, they're going to have to throw the ball. I would imagine, you know, North of 500 times, Jared Cook looks like a, a tight end in an offense that will utilize him. So, um, yeah, I, I think think he's a pretty good late round option if you're if you're looking for volume at the tight end position. And I, I've been doing a couple of mock drafts just today, and I've noticed 
it does seem very curious to me that obviously based on the reputation from last season, um, people seem to be reaching for the Jags defence quite what looks like quite early on for a defence to me, say like ninth to 11th round somewhere. But I thought about it in, in a league that I'm in actually last year. We had someone who, he just couldn't pick a, a decent roster at all, but he, he did draft the Jags defence first. And then he seemed to have this sort of magical curse over any head-to-head opponent every week that they couldn't outscore him somehow. But do you think the Jags defence... Uh, uh, legit in terms of fantasy? Is it worth reaching for something like that based on how they did last season? Yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of torn on this, you know, because people always say um, you should wait on defense, you should stream defense, stream defense, and they're always preaching stream defense and stream quarterbacks. The only problem with that is if you're in a hyper-competitive... Look, if you're either in A, a hyper-competitive league, or B, you yourself are not a competitive player... Um, in terms of, and I don't want to, you know, demean people who take it more casually, but I'm just saying if you're playing in a league where you don't want to look at FPA, you don't want to look at matchups all the time. You don't have time in your day to go literally, you know, hit the waiver wire right at midnight. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you're not that guy and there's a lot of people who play this way, I, I still think taking the Jags defense earlier than you would normally take an asset is fine. I think taking a quarterback, if it's Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, or one of these elite guys like Russell Wilson or Cam Newton, I think, I think that's fine. I mean, look, there's a lot to be said of, of streaming the position. And yes, uh, strategically and mathematically, it makes the most sense to do it, but there's a lot of assumptions in that. One is that everyone is taking it, you know, crazy, as crazy seriously as you are, which most people aren't. And then B, uh, this is the other problem. Look, I play in an extremely competitive, I mean, I'm talking big buy-in, extremely competitive, 14-team league, okay? Everyone's hitting the waiver wire at midnight. Every single team is hitting the waiver wire at midnight. The chances that you actually get the streaming option you want is pretty low. So um, I, it's it's funny to me, man. It it, it takes into some like when people say you got to stream defense and you got to stream quarterback, it takes into account two extreme um, variables that I don't think are in most leagues, which is a that you are an anal retentive fantasy manager, and b and b. <laughs> You're playing against people who don't care. Like that's those are two those are two assumptions to me that just how many leagues are set up that way? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm either in a super casual league that I don't care about that I don't want to think about streaming, or B I am being super anal about my pickups. But you know what? I'm playing with ten other managers, twelve other managers that are doing the exact same damn thing. So you can't get away. Uh, yeah. with doing these type of things. So I, I, don't, I find it interesting. I really do that so many fantasy experts are so down on taking quarterback early and taking defenses early. So Jags in round nine, it's a little rich for my blood. Um, but I tell you what, in round 10, I feel good about it. So, I mean, am I really – I'm splitting hairs at this point, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, we also we we seem to have an unfortunate record with talking about injuries on this podcast as well. Um, last week when we were start when we started focusing on fantasy, we were talking about like who could be good as a rookie this year, and we called out the names uh, Darius Geis, uh, Dion Kane. Obviously, there were others as well, but we also mentioned uh, Dylan Cantrell as a like a really deep sleeper to watch. And then the day that the podcast went out, all three of them got wow. injured. <laughs> so, um, is there anyone I'm that you really like? I am scared. I'm literally scared about what names you are about to say right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um, especially if they're on charges, you know, with their reputation for injuries at the moment. Oh, goodness. Yes, please don't say those names, please. <laughs> But uh, yeah, who would you, if you had to pick one rookie, maybe erring on the slip side that maybe isn't being talked about this year, and hopefully they don't go down injured in preseason week two, but what sort of names would you be talking about? You know, a rookie, man. Uh, uh, see, the problem is rookies, there's, there's very few rookie sleepers, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Because I love somebody, for example, like Royce Freeman. I love him, but he's not a sleeper. He's going pretty early. Um, and some of these other running backs, too, that are rookies um, are going awfully early. I mean, I guess if I had to – I mean, Jordan Wilkins there in Indianapolis is a rookie running back that I think would fit that bill. Uh, Marlon Mack has um, you know, been battling with injuries all throughout the offseason. Look, he had offseason shoulder injury. That's like – that's a big time problem for a running back. Okay, um, we've seen those injuries pile up and, and just be, you know, one of those problematic injuries too for fantasy managers, where guy might be good to go, and hurts it, you know, first second play of the game and he's out. You know what I'm saying? So uh, shoulder in, shoulder off season surgery for for Marlon Mack, and then obviously the hamstrings and lower body ailments that have. Uh, kind of kept him in and out of training camp as well. So Jordan Wilkins is an interesting rookie uh, for the Colts' backfield, mostly because Naheem Hines, who has gotten a lot of press clippings as well, uh, look, he just profiles as one of these guys that's going to be um, an electric playmaker, probably a pass-catching option, but most likely not going to be uh, an every-down guy. Neither is Jordan Wilkins, really, but uh, you could at least see him getting early-down work you know, uh, work near the goal line. Uh, and that's where, from a fantasy perspective, you know, you really want to attach yourself to those type of players. So I, I guess, I mean, other than that, it's like, I mean, even someone like DJ Moore, who I really, really like, and I think is going to have a great, uh, could have a great, you know, ceiling. Um, I, I just, is he, is, I guess, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm too far into it. Is he a sleeper? I don't know. Cause I guess he's going, you know, somewhere in the top 100 picks too. So um, I, even DJ Moore, who I think is has got a good chance. I'm not sure he's necessarily a sleeper, but he is somebody that I like. So you mentioned earlier, James, that you're into a lot of sports, uh, not just the NFL, but other sort of North American sports as well. A uh, bit of boxing, the MMA and all that sort of stuff as well. Just wondering, do you ever get a chance to watch any other sports? Uh, you, you have any interest in soccer at all? Ha! Um, uh, sadly, I do not. I am. I was really uh, every four years when the World Cup happens. I am so into it, man. I'm all about it, and and I love it. I love all the stories. You know, I love you know finding out about different players, and um, you know, like for example, I was fascinated by the fact that that Leo Messi can't hit a penalty kick. Like, I love that. 
You know, like I, I, these are stories. And so like, and when I hear about stuff like that, so then like you go on YouTube and it's like, yeah, somebody's made like a, a comp of like, of, of all the messy misses, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> I'm fascinated, you know? It's like Messi's an unbelievable player, but what? What the hell? Like, he can't hit a PK? Like, what, what's going on here? But, um, yeah, so, you know, or like, you know, like, for example, like, eight years ago, I didn't really, I knew nothing about, you know, Luis Suarez, but all of a sudden, Suarez is like freaking Dracula out here just biting everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that. But then, of course, like you go online and there's like a bunch of videos Suarez biting people. I'm like, this is great. I love this stuff. But um, so, yeah, not, look, I, unfortunately, I'm not a big soccer fan or football, as you guys call it out there. But um, I'm, I can't say that I'm a big fan. But every four years, man, holy hell, I really dive deep into the World Cup. And I love it. You know, soccer, MS is, is doing well in America, but um, – it's hard to find matches, you know what I'm saying, on a consistent basis, uh, especially for, for my time zone. So it's hard. Like sometimes I'll have like, you know, Premier League soccer, but it's on at like five in the morning over here. So it's like uh, I don't really I'm, I, I would watch it, but I'm just not a big enough fan to get up at five in the morning to watch Premier League. You know, I've, I've got the I've got the most important question, please. Right. So the the, the most important question is, um we want to keep it a slightly off-piste, um, is uh, what's your favorite cheese? What's my favorite cheese? Ooh, that's a good one. Let me think about this here. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a cheese aficionado. No, 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 but I, I was actually going to go off-menu here, and I was going to say Comte is uh, one of my favorite cheeses. Uh, although I am a really big uh, – I am a really big fresh mozzarella fan too. Ooh, good call, good call. You know, yeah. so a little, a little bit, a little bit of this. I'm a soft cheese type fan, although I'm not a big fan of brie. I don't, for whatever reason, brie just doesn't speak to me. But give me a fresh mozzarella with some little, a little, little salami, little, little fresh mozz, a little, uh, you know, a little, uh, a little vinegar. I'm good. Balsamic vinegar. Pour that on top. Let's go. It's, it's a solid choice, to be fair. Yeah, you know, I really like smoked cheese. Yeah, so are you like a smoked Gouda guy? Because see, like for me, smoked cheeses are a little, oh, it's a little aggressive. You know what I mean? It's like you can't eat it with anything. I mean, a cracker, fine, but I'm saying, you know, it's like if I wanted it like on a sandwich, it's tough to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be honest, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm all about the grilled halloumi. Ooh, grilled halloumi. Yes, I forgot about the old grilled halloumi. That's a good one. I like that one too. That's not bad. Obviously, I see. See, here's the thing. Obviously, I favor cheeses that go well on sandwiches. That's yeah, my me too. <laughs> so a grilled halloumi. Oh, oh, yes, hundred percent. But like, and you know, like I said, a fresh mozzarella too. You know, like that's gonna go great on a deli sandwich. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess I, I do have a preference for those. I'm not one of those wine and cheese guys, you know, it's like, Oh, this is, this is great as a cube, you know, like I'm not a cube cheese person. So uh, hey, to, be fair, to be fair, it has slightly redeemed him from putting, um, Dalvin cook as uh, the 18th running back on his top 200. I, I was slightly if upset you were about get that. that in there. Oh, no, oh I'm devastated about that. About, hold up, hold up. Let me talk about Dalvin Cook very quickly here, okay? Because you bring <laughs> it up, and I, and I know, look, I, this is my top 200 from May, so a lot of things have changed. Uh, not saying the doubt, I'm still not a huge Dalvin Cook guy, 
Um, but I will say this, man, a lot, I mean, a lot of his efficiency last year, um, I, I have at my disposal right next gen stats and, um, and, and we have a great measure called yards gained after close. And this basically measures how many yards you pick up, uh, after a defender closes to within one yard. Wow. We go from cheese to advanced stats. I love this podcast. This is great. Um, <laughs> but uh, let me just let me just say, man, like, you know, y- you look at some of the numbers and you're saying, OK, well, you know, obviously, you know, in limited snaps or whatever it was, 74 carries, 4.78 yards per carry. This guy was fantastic. And obviously he was utilized in the pass game as well. Listen, the advanced stats for in terms of uh, elusiveness, they don't bear out very well. OK, because uh, yards gained after close. He was truly mediocre in that regard. So 3.67 yards gained after a defender closed to within one yard. This is in the same vein as Tavon Austin, as Frank Gore. This is worse than Jonathan Stewart. This is, um, you know, like Devontae Booker, Wendell Smallwood. He's in that category of runner in terms of elusiveness. Well, you're saying, well, okay, well, how did he have 4.78 yards per carry then? It's because his offensive line, which, oh, by the way, is quite good. His offensive line generated some of the best push up front in the NFL on his carry. So um, we're going to see a massive, I think, you know, regression in terms of uh, yards per carry for, for Dalvin Cook. And I thought, Look, Latavius Murray, he's got his limitations, but he's going to get work. This is not going to be a situation where Dalvin Cook comes in and just, you know, gets 30 touches a ball game. It's just not going to happen. It's still going to be a backfield split. And to me, again, I don't know if Dalvin – I may have overreacted with Dalvin Cook as my RB18 because, quite frankly, now that I think about it, that does seem a little low. (laughs) But that being said, I'm not nearly as bullish on Dalvin Cook uh, as some of my fantasy cohorts. So that's just my take. I, I think I think we're going to see some regression in terms of efficiency. Um, and when we do, uh, how long will the coaching staff, you know, feel comfortable just continually pounding the rock with Dalvin Cook? He's still going to have a, 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 a large say in the passing game because Latavius Murray has shown absolutely no ability out of the backfield as well. So we know he'll be involved there, but just between the tackles as a pure runner, um, I think Latavius Murray is as good, if not better than Dalvin cook. Wow. I feel suitably put in my place now. (laughs) (laughs) But Hey, Hey, listen, Hey, listen, grilled halloumi though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I know. You see, you, you remember that though, won't you? I will. I'm going to go to the store right now to go find some halloumi, grill that bad boy up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks very much, James. Uh, I really hope you enjoy whatever cheese you go and buy from your local store, uh, whether it's grilled halloumi or mozzarella or whatever. Um, Can I just say on behalf of everyone at the First Down Snapcast, uh, just a massive thank you for joining us today and taking your time out of your day to speak to us. It's been an absolute privilege having you on the show. Thank you. Hey, man, no no doubt, no problem. Thank you, James. Cheers. Okay, so now it's time for all the latest news and rumours from around the NFL. NFL News and Rumours. 
And we're going to begin our news and rumours here this week. The NFL in London. Game one, Seattle Seahawks at Oakland Raiders. Yeah, so earlier this week it was announced that Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium isn't going to be ready for the NFL clash between the Seahawks and the Raiders on October the 14th. Uh, despite recent assurances, Spurs had to admit defeat in their quest to get the stadium ready in time to play Liverpool on September the 15th. But issues regarding safety certificates have pushed the whole thing back. Uh, but I don't know, does this come as much as as much of a surprise? I, I called it in episode one, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I, I, I was saying they weren't going to fail, Stu, obviously. But I think as the weeks have gone on since that first podcast, I think more things have come to light. Where some images have leaked of where bathrooms aren't ready, and I think it's finally Daniel Levy's had to admit that the construction's that far behind. It's just nothing's possible. Yeah, well, I mean, like we said in uh, when we said a couple of weeks ago, I mean, my point was that the NFL would not have been asking Wembley if they had availability if they weren't seriously concerned that um, Spurs wasn't going to be available. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I think the fact that. We had that, what was it, three weeks ago where there was that announcement. I mean, alarm bells were ringing then for me because why, why would they say Wembley was on standby if there was not going to be anything in it? So I don't think this is a surprise, but it is a bit embarrassing. It, I think it's egg on your face for Daniel Levy because obviously the NFL have pumped a lot of millions of pounds into this. And for him to now say, yeah, it's not going to be this year. Luckily, the NFL have got Wembley. Oh, they would have yeah, been kicking him. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's obviously not it's not great for Spurs because they've had a they've basically let down a massive financial backer. The NFL have put a lot of money into that stadium to be able to use it as a facility when they come over. It actually, funny enough, it's worked out in favour of the fans really because um, you know there was a lot of talk that that Seahawks um, Raiders game was going to be difficult for people to get tickets because obviously the capacity of the stadium is a lot less than Wembley and obviously with it switching back to Wembley now there's um, a lot of season ticket holders that are going to be a lot happier because they're going to be able to guarantee their seat whereas they won't be able to guarantee the seat at Spurs so it's sorry Stu I was was going to say yeah there's lots of um, just sort of non-season ticket holder fans actually who now suddenly feel like they've got a chance to go myself included actually um i might actually possibly be able to make it if it's at wembley yeah, yeah. i think sorry Stu. yeah no I, I, that's it's, it's one of those things where out of a complete and utter disaster actually the fans are actually benefiting from this disaster so um as much as it's a bad thing it's also quite a good thing for for the uk fans because obviously there's going to be i think the White Hart Lane capacity is about 70,000, but Wembley holds 90, so there's a good 20,000 fans there that are going to be able to get to see uh, an NFL game. Yeah, I think I think there's also going to be questions now asked about the longer-term contract issues around Tottenham, because originally there should have been two at Tottenham, two at Wembley this year, because Tottenham are contracted to two games here, and so Wembley, but it already been agreed to knock it down for one due to the stadium issue. Are Tottenham going to have to play catch-up now? Because they did effectively early NFL two games in this 10-year partnership extra now. Well, I, I think um, I think what we're forgetting here is the, the approach that um, the Jacksonville Jaguars have made to actually buy in Wembley. So if that actually goes ahead, and I know that they were doing some due diligence with regards to the finances, if they go ahead and buy Wembley, then there's there's no other way that you can say that the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't going to become a UK franchise. And if that happens, then 
Tottenham is going to be the only other ground that the NFL can use for any other NFL game because obviously Wembley then will be tied up for the Jags. Mm, that's an interesting point, yeah. I never thought of that, actually. So, so there's a lot more connotations to this than than you know the than the NFL not being able to show two games is because effectively if that due diligence on the on you know Jacksonville buying and I've forgotten the guy's name uh, for what's he called? It's Khan. Yeah, yeah, that's it, Khan. If he actually goes ahead and, and pushes it through, which I think it was something like was it eight hundred million pound or something? Yeah. yeah. So if if he buys it, then he's not going to be buying a stadium to be lending it out for Seahawks and Raiders to be playing in it, is he? He's going to be buying it for the sole purpose of moving the Jacksonville Jaguars to the UK. So yeah. well, he's already told um, that England, means he's already said to FA England can't play a very win it, haven't they? When NFL season's on. Yeah, so um, I mean that's going to open a completely different debate with regards to the English football side of things, but. Um, it just means that we're going to have a UK franchise and then all other NFL games are going to have to be played at Tottenham, which is you know, probably what the NFL were thinking of because um, they will have known of um, Khan's plans. Do you think that, that, I mean, this we're talking hypothetical situations here, but do you think if, if the Jags do come over as, as a UK franchise, do you think that the international series on it, or whatever it's called these days, the London games, will be dead? You know, like, will they still bring other games over as well? I think they've mentioned before that even if franchise came here, they'd still have the marquee games in the London series. But I could see that maybe shifting also. If we got franchise, you could see Germany hold games. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Richard. I think what you might find is if the UK get a franchise, instead of getting three games a year, we might only get two, and then um, you know Berlin or Munich might might pick up another one. Yeah, yeah. Elsewhere, yeah. but effectively you'd have all the Jags home games plus two, so it'd be double-digit home games anyway. If fans could be rich enough to go and see them all. Yeah, I think you're going to get more UK fans going to a Jags home game than they get in Jacksonville. Put it that way. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Now, there's always a few heartbreaking stories during training camp, and we've seen several players go down with injuries. Uh, nothing unusual there. Uh, but one player set to miss the entire 2018 season is Redskins rookie running back Darius Geis, who went down in the first quarter of Washington's game against New England last week. Now, you know, it's never nice to see these kind of injuries, but for a rookie, this is just the stuff of nightmares. Uh, yeah, um... To be to be fair, there's been he was he was built up as being you know quite a good good rookie as well, and and you you've got a feel for the lad because obviously he's gone through the whole you know showcase there's the the draft and he's managed to get himself on a roster and and obviously this happens and it just you know it's going to knock him back and it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back next year. It's it's obviously going to be um, it's harder for the Redskins as well because obviously they've only got P Ryan. Um, and they've got um, Rob Kelly, aren't they? Chris Thompson. Uh, Chris, Chris Thompson. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they they were talking last year about um, fat Rob, uh, fat Kelly, weren't they? And they, you know, are you going to get the same one again this year? They didn't seem overly keen on P Ryan and and can Chris Thompson. Is he really an all down back? So um, it's it's a difficult one because if 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 they were happy with those options, then they wouldn't have drafted guys in the first place, would they? So well, um, yeah, it's interesting that because um, the head coach uh, Gruden came out and said that uh, they they took guys because he was the best player available because I think he'd slipped to the second round. 
um, and that it wasn't because he was unhappy with what he already had. Whether you believe that or not, I, you know, is another is another matter. That's I do, I do believe Washington do suffer, have suffered badly the last two seasons with offensive injuries. Obviously, Jordan Reed suffered a lot. James Jameson Crowder and Josh Doxson have all been out for serious long times, and they've all come back in off season, all looking good, and then they've been, delivered this not back. Alex Smith's been looking good, so it's looking all promising in potentially a close NFC East. But the injury do, do looks we, happened again. Do we, do we think that this is an, a possible opportunity for someone like um, Adrian Peterson to come in to Redskins as an all-down back? Well, again, going going on what um, Gruden said, he said there's no plans to sign a veteran running back at the moment. I think he might change his tune in after about two or three weeks when he realises that he's getting no production well, out of the three that he's yeah. got. Well, the thing is, the Redskins were the fifth worst team last year in rushing. Yeah, so. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's that's the fifth worst rushing with the three that he's now going into the next season with. Exactly. So um, you can imagine, as the Stewart's point, that could change after a couple of weeks into the season. Yeah, and I mean, and, and someone like I mean, I, I'm not even sure if there's any other. I would have said Demarco Murray would have been another option, but obviously he's retired. But um, Adrian Peterson is is an all down back. He wants to take the workload, so you know whether he's still got it is another question. But he's definitely an option that um, Redskins can look at. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be any worse than what they've got, even you know, even with his age and stuff. I think he'd be better than what they've got, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I agree. But it's put a lot more pressure on now in the opening weeks on Alex Smith connecting to his receivers. But hopefully, if Jordan Reed stays fit, you've got to say Jordan Reed's probably in the same build as Kelsey, so Alex Smith should have some good luck, good success there. And now it's the show where we hand it over to you and our two-minute drill. Rich, who have you been speaking to this week? So this week we've been interviewing a regular contributor on NFL Fans Yorkshire, Ian Davis. Doing very well, thank you, Richard. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks, Ian. Now let's get down to the business of your two-minute drill and your question. How did you get into the NFL, Ian? I think like a lot of people of my sort of age, um, I got into it in the mid-80s when Channel 4 started showing it on television. Who is your favourite team? My favourite team is the mighty Dallas Cowboys. Do you prefer the run game or the pass game? It's always nice to see a spectacular catch, but I think with our offensive line and Zeke Elliott, I'm going to have to say the running game. Who is your most favourite player of all time? Favourite player of all time is Roger Starbuck, quarterback from the Cowboys in their early Super winning days. My favourite player at the moment... (laughs) I would have said Des Bryant, but I'm a little bit mardy with him at the minute with the few comments he's made about Sean Lee and Travis Frederick. If you could have a player from any other NFL team in the Dallas Cowboys, who would it be and why? can't believe I'm going to admit this, but it's actually Richard Sherman. Um, I love his attitude. I know a lot of people hate the the way he comes across, but I just love it. I, sh- I just think it shows his desire to win. Have you attended any games in the UK or in America and if so which has been the best game you've experienced I do go to all the um, NFL International Series games been going there for quite a few years so all of those 
I went to see the Miami Dolphins and Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. And I did go to see Dallas play at the MetLife against the Giants. The game where Odell Beckham made that catch. Um, but it was a good day because we came back to winning that one. That concludes this week's Two Minute Drill. And if you would like to be like Ian and come on the Two Minute Drill, if you can drop us an email at nflfansyorkshire at gmail.com or comment on the Facebook group page. Thank you. As ever, we round off the first down Snapcast with our honourable mentions, the part of the show where we hand some time over to the bizarre, the unusual, the funny and the different from around the NFL. So, who's going to kick us off today? Um, I've got one if you don't mind me starting first, Stu. I know, you need crap on, yeah. Don't be polite, Uh, Rich. Just jump uh, in. uh, Well, you know, sometimes it's like that. It better be good Uh, now. (laughs) TMZ Sports um, came out yesterday with a shot on a report on Matt Stafford's wife, Kelly. So Kelly is is currently 38 weeks pregnant, but she's in the gym with with a new routine called Operation Get the Baby Out. So Kelly's te- is due in two weeks, but she doesn't want to wait a further two weeks. So she is signed up to Elite Training USA and is crushing everything from battle ropes to weight sleds and even some modified deadlifts. Has she done this I, on doctor's advice? Or is this... um, I can't imagine doctors have approved of this, <laughs> but I will get the um, link posted in the NFL Fan Yorkshire group. But there's a video of her doing it and it's like, wow, 38 weeks pregnant and she's still doing that. She can do more than I can do when I'm not pregnant. Yeah. Richard, Richard, my one-year-old can do more than you can do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, didn't she, did she tweet something? Did somebody, um, was it Jalen Ramsey who went on his quarter, quarterback rampage earlier this week where he basically just slid off every quarterback in the league? And didn't she reply uh, basically standing up for her husband? Um, I think there have been a few like, partners of these quarterbacks who have come back to Jalen and Ramsey saying, really? <laughs> yeah, because, uh, I mean, it, it, that was another one that I was going to mention, that Jalen Ramsey basically in an interview, I mean, to be honest, he's suspended at the minute, so he's probably got not a lot to do. He was given an interview where he was basically going through all the quarterbacks in the NFL and he basically slags them all off. It's really yeah, it's really funny. Just listing them, wasn't he? Like, yeah, overrated, <laughs> no good. The one that the one that made me laugh was that he um, he basically said that Eli Manning was overrated, and one of the reporters that was looking after the Giants said to Eli Manning, "Oh, have you heard what uh, Jalen Ramsey said?" And um, Eli Manning just really deadpan turned around and just went, "Who?" Yeah, yeah, it was a great reply. It yeah, did make me chuckle it. a lot. It did even even Blake Bottles didn't escape it either, did he? I don't know, slagging off your own quarterback as well. I mean, we all know what my thoughts on Blake Bottles are, so I, to be honest, it's gotta be true if his own if his own players are thinking it. To be fair, his rant sounds like something you could have done yourself, Stuart. I, I don't rant, I point out key facts. I think that's the difference. I'm sure that's what Ramsey says too. <laughs> I just, but I've got, I think the best one was on, on back of the Manning one. He said Joe Flacco obviously has won two Super Bowls and Ben Roethlisberger two Super Bowls. At least he came out and said they both suck. <laughs> yeah. Right. To be fair, Joe Flacco does suck now. Controversial. Yeah. There'll be some Ravens fans not agreeing with you there. And probably uh, some that too. Yeah, yeah, I've already got some bears, but I might as well just do a clean sweep, haven't I? 
just moving on to the Browns, there's quite a lot of stuff going on with them, isn't there? Um, starting with uh, something I expect we might see on Hard Knocks this week about uh, Hugh Jackson's punishment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, this uh, this is probably one of the funniest things that I've, I've seen this week is that um, basically we discussed it on the last podcast that Callaway um, was caught with marijuana in his possession in his car when he was out driving at 3am in the morning during training camp, as you do. Um, and Hugh Jackson was really annoyed that um, he'd had to found out this information via the media um, and that Callaway hadn't actually gone up to him and, and confessed and basically owned up to it. So to punish him, um, during the uh, game against the Giants, he left him in for every snap. Yeah, and that's not the only thing uh, Hugh Jackson's been up to this week. Is he's, he's a few head-scratching decisions. Well, maybe that's not. Maybe that one wasn't head-scratching. We could all see what he's doing there. But um, Rich, is, he's... he's come out today about um, the quarterback situation, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's come out today. and it, Sometimes it's like, I don't understand where some of his, his logic's coming from, but it's now indicating that Baker Mayfield will be at number three at quarterback. And based on how he was in the first pre-season game, I don't think he dropped to number three. And I just can't remember who he said's going at number two. Stan- Stanton. Stan- yes, he's Stanton. He didn't even come into the record. As far as I can see Browns have got Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor. There's no other quarterback there, so yeah. the fact that someone's yeah. going in between this, this is this is what games is this? Yeah, you know, is this is this Hugh Jackson playing a, a, a you know playing games? Is he just what? messing about here? But I can, see he, two can, he afford, can he afford to lose not winning a game for three years? <laughs> But this is what, this is what gets me. To set new records. <laughs> yeah, there's one or two things going on here. He's either playing psychological games with every other NFL team, which is a bit daft because he hasn't won a game in two, well, he's won one game in two years, or he's having a full-on mental breakdown. Yeah, now, yeah. I'm worried this, about this. Guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to propose that I'm going to propose something for um, us guys and, and anybody that's listening that wants to take part. I'm going to start a little bit of a sweepstake on what happens first. Either Hugh Jackson gets sacked or has a full-on mental breakdown, or Andrew Luck gets injured. Which is going to happen first? <laughs> well, uh, judging by... Uh, I like that. Judging by... Um, I don't know. Jackson seems to be like the invincible man, though, doesn't he? So my money would be on Luck well, getting injured first. Yeah, on 32 and he's still standing in the job. Are we? Uh, are we going to have some? Don't exaggerate, Rich. It's you know, yeah. one and Are we going to have some tea bags placed on this? Well, if well, maybe herbal tea bags or something. <laughs> no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet. Uh, I reckon twenty Yorkshire tea bags that um, Hugh Jackson has some form of mental breakdown or gets sacked before Andrew Lux gets injured. I'm, How many I'm, tea I'm... bags does um, like a, a sachet of hot chocolate equal? Oh no! I mean, I'm not getting into this. I mean, <laughs> I've got no interest in tea bets. Well, wrap them up and give them to your missus. I'm not. I'm not betting in <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> this isn't. Okay. This isn't the only way. It's Essex. We can sort this out later. <laughs> uh, just yeah, on that one, it is. One in thirty-one that is won at Cleveland. <laughs> the the more amusing thing about the Cleveland Browns is that last preseason they went five and zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got a good record in the preseason, haven't they? Maybe maybe uh, pre 
Maybe pre-season's just that's their thing. <laughs> the champions of pre-season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit more uh, breaking news with the Browns, and I don't want to keep banging on about the Browns, but I think this is quite um, relevant, I guess. Apparently Des Bryant's been spotted, uh, photographed, in fact, signing Cleveland Browns helmets already in the, it looks like an airport, uh, as he's been to Cleveland. So. Yeah, I think this is more of a formality now he's done. I just I'm think surprised. I think he doesn't want to be start. He wants to be at a team before the season starts. Whether it lasts a full season is another matter. Uh, I think he would have been he would have been better off holding out, to be honest. Because especially if, say if someone goes down week one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, there's still a lot of question marks over Josh Gordon, and to be fair, they might be bringing in Des Bryant knowing that Josh Gordon is not coming back. So that's that's yet to be cleared up, but. Baker Mayfield seemed to have a really good connection with Callaway um, in that first preseason game, and that was only on a handful of drives. So you'd be expecting them maybe to put a little bit more faith in the rookies that they've brought in. Um, I, I don't even know if Des will be happy because he's not going to be the number one. You know, um, Landry or Juice, as he likes to be called, will be will be number one, won't he? So. I think it's an odd one. I think Des Bryant have been better off holding out, hoping for an injury. You know, if an injury goes down in training camp or in the first set of pre-season games, he's probably going to be in a better position to jump in as a as a first-choice wide receiver. Yeah, that might be a better option, like you say, because when we Tyrod, he does like to play through tight end, doesn't he? So, I mean, I, I expected him to go, to be honest, I expected him to go somewhere like the Redskins because they don't have great luck with injuries and... There isn't really a standout number one wide receiver there. They've obviously got Pierre Garçon and Josh Doxon, but neither of them have really been fit for the last two seasons. So I expected him to go somewhere more like that, to be honest. Well, we'll um, yeah, we'll find out, won't we, what's, what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Uh, unfortunately, I think time's defeated us once again here at the first down snapcast, so it's time to say goodbye. But before we go, Rich... Can you just tell our listeners where people can find us on the internet? Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook at the NFL Fan Yorkshire, also on Twitter at the same name, and also the podcast on Twitter is at T Snapcast. Again, make up from the T what you want, Yorkshire T, but it is at T Snapcast. <laughs> thanks for that, Rich, and thanks for you for listening as well. Uh, cheers also to Alex and Stuart. And a massive thank you to our special guest, James Coe, uh, who took the time out of his schedule to come and chat to us here on the First Down Snapcast. Uh, we really hope that you enjoyed having that. But until next week, it's goodbye from all of us. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.